Okay, everybody, Shalom Aleichem. Let's start singing a little bit, open the heart. Close off everything else that doesn't need to be here. Those of you that don't mind to turn on your cameras, it's always so much more helpful. I appreciate it. If not, it's okay, don't worry. But uh, we got a lot to do. And never enough time. But let's see. Kadesh Baruch will give us as much as we can. Fresh off the, how do you call it when so you put something out right away? So this is a, this is a nigun that I, I just put out a few hours ago, and um, it's Rosh Hashanah Kippur nigun, a nigun by Michal Shapiro, and I always wanted to record this nigun, and Baruch Hashem. I expect you all to know it by heart already. 
there, Rosh Hashanah. Wow, 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 wow. Lo yuman. Lo yuman how Hashem has such big plans for us. Isn't it amazing how us, Baruch Hashem, those of us that are here in Eretz Yisrael, you know, we have a front row seat. We have a front row seat for the Geula. It's amazing. But uh, we are not going to be satisfied until uh, everyone joins us here.
friends, one of the reasons why this niggan has been so, uh, not just the niggan, but the words, have always been haunting to me, is because it calls out the illusion of time. Our time here in this world, we're all under this, uh, we're all under this assumption that our time here is permanent. But Anu Yameinu, our days are like like a passing shadow. Chiruach no shavet, like a wind that's blowing. Keavak poreach, like dust in the wind. And like a dream that just goes away. So we might as well try to bring eternity to every moment that we have here. So why did we call this last second shear? Why did we um, why did we decide to to get together tonight? You never need a reason. That's the truth. You never really really need a good reason. But since this Elul has been like no other, and this Rosh Hashanah is going to be like no other, we have a lot on our minds more than usual. There's a lot of processing. There's so much input of information that our, if we're computers, which if, just for the sake of trying to understand this on a martial level, if we are computers and we're intaking information, it's almost like people, because of the world and information, we are jacked up right now with like four two terabyte hard drives and we're having loads and loads and loads of transferring of information, but it's not just transferring of information, it's transferring, it's transformations, it's transferring also emotions. Because we've never lived in a situation like we're in now. Not, not in terms of an uh, epidemic, in terms of the world of the unknown, because that's really what it is. We just don't know. We have no idea if we're being too crazy. We have no idea if we're being too lenient. We know that when someone's in pain, we're in pain with them. However, whatever you want to call this period is just an overload of info and of regashot and of feelings and of emotions. And we're marching towards the beginning of the year where we want to begin this year with clarity with our thoughts, quiet in our thoughts, peaceful, peacefulness in our thoughts. 
And most importantly, taharata machshava, purity of our thoughts. On Wednesday morning in our women's uh, Rabbi Nachman Shir, we're going to be speaking about why why is it Rabbi Nachman was so adamant on his Hasidim spending Rosh Hashanah with him, which is really what we're going to be saying here in a very different way. But I decided that since lockdown here begins on Friday, I decided as much as we can to try to prepare ourselves to get really in sync with the calmness of our minds and our thoughts so that we can show up to Rosh Hashanah with as much peace of mind as possible in an era that's so not peace of mind. Further, we'll be sending out more information. Bezrat Hashem, we will be learning together online every single night of Aseret Yimei All my concerts were canceled, so we might as well, Bezrat Hashem, be together as much as possible. But more info on that later. But for now, let's just take it shlav by shlav. Usually, when someone tells us, you know, when you have a bad thought come into your mind, try this, our initial gut reaction is, this is not going to work. I need to be in a different place in life. And then these thoughts will stop bothering me so much. I need to be in a completely different setting. I need to have conquered uh, that distraction and that distraction. And then, only then, I'm someone, then I'll be able to be in a peaceful place. What we're going to be doing is the opposite of all that. What we're going to be doing tonight, it's not going to be a long shear, long shmuz, very to the point. We are going to be going practical, tachlis advice, that this is basically the tzaddikim telling us, try this at home, or try this in your kapsula, or wherever it is you're going to be. Try this in your garden, just just try it. Just see, see what happens. These are not my etzos, this is not my research and discovery of, of, of years of psych, uh, you know, psychological research, this is coming from, from the Sfarim, from the Tzaddikim. And what we're going to be doing probably for, for two or three times before Rosh Hashanah is getting taking some very practical advice as to how to purify our thoughts, because we know, and everyone could attest to this, that when we show up to Kedusha, and we want so badly to be in a state of holiness, and then those impure thoughts, or, and I'm not just speaking about impurity when it comes to, obvi- the, the obvious stuff we usually refer to an impurity, I'm speaking also in terms of jealousy and hatred, all the things, okay, that distract us. There's nothing worse than actually showing up and yet not being there at all. There's a famous story by the Rebbe Yitzchak that one time behind him in shul, two chassidim were behind him, and they walked into shul, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak greeted them, Shalom Aleichem, good to see you. And then after Shmona Asrei, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak went up to them again and said, Hey, Shalom Aleichem, good to see you. They look a little bit puzzled, you just greeted us about 45 minutes ago. Ah, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak says, but the galaxies you've traveled in the last 45 minutes, and all the traveling you did, I want to give you another Shalom Aleichem, because now you came back again. So what's so troubling for us is that when we dafka do show up, we're just not there. This year, it's even more of a test. Because, tachlis, friends, how much Rosh Hashanah consciousness preparation 
have we been zoned into? Um, I, I have tried. I had a moment, Motzei Shabbos, finally davening slichas with my chavra that I felt plugged in. But other than that, it's, it, it's, been, it's been this like, okay, day by day, we're waiting for more uh, announcements coming from the government, and then we're going to see how things work out here. Do we send our kids to school? Do we not send our kids to school? Well, are we waiting for everyone to be in Bidudin? And yet, in a few nights, it's going to be I don't want to wait till that moment comes to feel the coronation of the king and to get my act together. I want to start it now. I want to start it now. So I have a chutzpah question. I have a chutzpah request from everyone that's learning with us online. The chaver that are learning with us afterwards, that are receiving this in audio, applies to you too. But for this shir to be lemaisa, can everyone please turn off every other window that you have open on your computer? That's like asking you to fast for three weeks. I know it's a big, it's a big Indian. But for this learning to be lemaisa, let's all be here, Lamash be here. A person that I've mentioned so many times that when you're in his presence you get a scent of Gan Eden is someone that also seems to have mastered the secret of purity of thoughts. And that is none other than Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter. We've learned his Torahs for quite a number of years now. Shem should give him strong health, long life, He's already up there, probably nearing 90 by now. And we're going to receive from him some very practical advice. This is not, there's not going to be any like crazy Hasidish stories right now. It's simply like, we, we need help to just be here. Let's take it in from him. So he's going to give us ma'amash etzot teharat hamachshava to purify our thoughts that our mind should somehow go into a mikvah and stay in a mikvah. But don't rely on showing up on Rosh Hashanah for that to happen. If you really want it to be on Rosh Hashanah, we need to start this avoda 25 days ago. Rosh Chodesh Elul. That's really what it's about. However, for many of us, it's been a little bit busy. So therefore, open your hearts. You'll see the text in front of you right now. And it's a short text. And Rabbi Yaakov Meir says like this, I want to go straight into it. Etzot keneged machshavot zarot. Advice when it comes to foreign thoughts coming to and penetrating inside. It's brought down in the famous Pele Yoetz, Besefer Pele Yoetz Katav. Shemi shenofelo b'mocho machshava ra'a yomar lemachshavto mali lachshov machshavet isun lachnis tum'a b'kodesh ha'kodeshim so you're gonna see, you're probably already thinking, what, it's this easy? Let's just try it, okay? 
try it. The next time you've shown up to a place of Kedusha, but then the thoughts start coming inside, just try it. Try what? S- verbally speak to that machshavara ah and say, what are you doing here? Why, why would I let you come inside to the Kodesh Kodashim? Me, you, us. Halotachat ze adifli lachshov machshavot mo'ilot. It's much, much more recommended for me to actually think thoughts that do something good for me. Thoughts like, Ketzad li tchazek be'irat shamayim, Ketzad li tchazek b'torah, How do I strengthen myself with fear of heaven? How do I strengthen myself in Torah? Likboa le'atzmo sidrei, next page, sidrei limud, start thinking to yourself, how do I, uh, how do I set for myself studying or to look for any etzes when it comes to avodat Hashem, whether it's im besur whether it's let me start to think about what I should refrain from doing ve'im ba'asetov, or whether it's about doing something good. Rabbi Yaakov Meir says through through occupying your world of thought with those thoughts, milvada toelet shel machshavot ka'elu lehaba. So he's saying, you get two things. One, you're preparing yourself to have some really good things happen to you. But you also receive the reward for having good thoughts. We usually consider ourselves to be anusim, meaning that we are um, coerced. It's not up to us. We have no shlita. We have no control over these things, right? But if Yaakov Meir says, just stop and start talking about it. Why should I be thinking about it? Don't get angry at yourself. I'm going to banish these thoughts away. That doesn't really help. But just use your cup and say, okay, I'm going to pretend right now that I actually do have command on my thoughts. So the thoughts I'm choosing to think right now are, why would I waste my, my, my quota of, tho- of thoughts with machshavot me'ot, with impure thoughts? And I know that I'm going to be suffering from this. And I know that I'm going to suffer so much until I refine myself, purify myself from them. Now again, I want to point out something very important. We are not just speaking about sexual thoughts that are impure. We are also speaking about the self-persecution thoughts that sometimes grab people do not let people go and have convinced people that they themselves are the lowest lives, filthy, pathetic people. If Yaakov Meir is saying, look at that thought and say, what do I get from thinking this? What do I get from it? And I know that you're thinking, excuse me, I've been there. I've been there for 30 years, maybe some of you are saying. I've been there for 20 years. It doesn't, doesn't work like that. Well, Rav Yaakov Meir says, did you ever stop and look at that thought and say, what, am I, what do I get from it? So again, a very lemaisa, very practical avoda. And it's great to practice this the days leading up to Rosh Hashanah, so that by Rosh Hashanah, it's clear to you that it's not, if you have a little bit of a control over your thought, it's just not worth it. He continues in the next paragraph. The 
Lord Achaim, Rabbi Chaim Benatai says that when it comes to the world of thought, a person must be fast. A thought that just appears. You can't just you can't just throw it away. But what you can do is like it continues in the second line of the second paragraph. The moment you're aware that right now what you're processing is going to give your system a virus, the marshal of the computer again, a person should run away fast from that thought and try to change, try to just get a different thought inside of him and start thinking holy and pure thoughts. Again, we say to ourselves, those things don't work. I know myself. And Rav Yaakov Meir is saying, why don't you take my word? Try it. Just try for a second to run the second that these thoughts are coming in. Yeah, you can't control them from popping up, but what you control, what you can control once they rise to the surface is where am I choosing, how long am I choosing to stay with it in the moment? That's Be'adayim Shilcha. That's in your hand. Yaakov Meir says, not only are you fixing that bad thought by running away from it, he's saying when you have uh, developed the ability and the memory and the awareness to choose to flee from thoughts that you know are completely, completely harmful, literally poisoning, you're doing tremendous tikkunim. It's much big fixing. It's not just, I'm having better thoughts now. It's kind of like, you're, you're clearing up a lot of other places in your life that you're unaware of when you use this element of dealing with thoughts the way that he just explained right now. So it's not just that I'm null, it's not just that I'm taking care of one bad thought by distracting myself. Something happens to my psyche, to the, the, the big picture, the, all of me, when I am plugged into the avoda of both looking, staring it right in the face and saying, I'm getting nothing from you, just poison. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm just going to run somewhere else. I just heard recently about a, someone very, very precious to many of us who for many years, he lived with a bell in his car. He installed, I said this in a sheer earlier this week, I or last week, he installed a bell in his car. Like mamash, like a pa'amon. Why? Because it says in the Torah, Bechol drachecha da'ehu. Know in all your ways, know him. So literally, when you're on your way, when you're on your ways, like in the car, you often will hear the, the, the pa'amon mitzaltzel, you're, you're going to hear the bell ringing. And he accustomed himself to, to the notion that every single time that he'd hear the bell ring, it would remind him of Hashem. So he was constantly hearing a bell ringing, but it was constantly putting it to Hashem. And he had a thought that if chas v'shalom, God forbid, he would be taken in a car accident, God forbid, then the last sound that he would probably hear would be something that would remind him of God. It's pretty cool. 
Yes, we need these reminders all the time. Remember what the Ramchal said, that if a person was really adamant on working on consciousness, in God consciousness, he would write on a piece of paper, we learned this in the Bilvavi, he would write down on a piece of paper, on the Metziyot of Hashem, the, the reality of God, the oneness of God, the authenticity of the Torah, he would put it in his pocket, and for a few days, months, or years, he would be makpid, he would make sure that he would pull out of his pocket to read what he had written on it until it becomes ingrained inside of us, until our thoughts are so attuned, they're so in tune with the things we want it to be in tune with. You know, when you live like that, when you, when a person's able to be constantly wrapped in thought about the things that they want to be wrapped in thought about in a holy, in a good way, it's a beautiful world. It is like a gorgeous experience of being in this world. And we know already, unfortunately, way too well about living the other way. That when I'm constantly wrapped and infiltrated with thoughts that I do not want to be thinking, it's not a pleasant experience. And we miss out on being alive. So, so far there were two etzot. Rav Yaakov Meir continues in the next paragraph. And I want you to visualize what he's saying right now. An evil thought that comes onto a person is like an enemy attacking you. When this person that's about to attack me is at a distance, so they're not damaging me in that moment, they're not hurting me at that moment, but I'm also not hitting them. I'm letting them exist. I'm not nullifying their existence. They're there, I'm here. We haven't come in contact yet, so I'm not so scared. He says, But when your enemy comes, when your thoughts come inside, deep inside your consciousness, and starts to fight you, it gets, it gets dirty. It gets tough. It gets difficult. And I think that's why he said before, the moment you begin to sense that a negative thought, an impure thought, is about to creep up on you, don't wait until it's inside your mind. Be fast. Beat it immediately. How? Not by taking a sword and going at it. The more you fight it, the more it probably wins. But the more that you turn a little bit of a direction, and Baruch Hashem, there are plenty of beautiful things that we can turn our minds to in a second. There are plenty of beautiful thoughts. And the truth is, the nature of a chabura, the nature of a kehila, the nature of friendships should be, Bezrat Hashem, that I know that when I need to get my mind out of the gutter of impure thoughts, there's someone I could call at that moment and say, tell me something good, tell me something that's worth thinking about. Ah, that's such a beautiful thing. What a special world, what a special life that is to live. If that's the way, if that is the way that I'm choosing, that's what I have as an outlet. 
So Rabbi Yaakov Meir continues, and he says like this, next bottom paragraph. When a person works hard on what we just spoke about, on all these ways of trying to make sure that I don't get swallowed up by impure thoughts, when I do these things that are very tachlis, that are very lemaisa, this is very practical advice, when I... And instead of all the clutter, instead of the viruses, I fill my mind, I fill my mind with pure thoughts. It's not just that you now have pure thoughts. What you've nullified, what you've canceled out, is tremendous prosecution that you may have had hovering over you. That's what Rav Yaakov may have said before. Some people think that in order to rem- to, to take a po- to remove from from a, 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 above me din a lot of judgment, that what do I have to do? All these different somersaults and mental gymnastics. No, no, no. All, all you got to do is do these small etzas. And then what happens, he said before, is tikunim atsumim, tremendous, tremendous tikunim. But what kind of tikunim are we speaking about? It means that when they look at you from Shemaim, and you have din on you, I don't know what that means, okay? I don't know what that looks like. I'm just bringing it out, what he's saying over here. And they see that you've decided to wage war, a holy war, with the world of impure thoughts, at that moment, prosecution is lifted from above you. I shared this with, I shared this with the Chevra a while ago. Mechila, if this sounds a little bit weird, but it's connected to this. A good friend of mine said that every single time that he, you know, he, he loves his wife very much. They're actually a, like a dynamic couple. They're, they're, they're very, they're good people, mamash. Sweet, sweet, good people. He said to me that every time that he has the that he he has the opportunity to turn his face from something that's not sneeze, his wife becomes more beautiful to him. He says he does he can't explain it. This, this is what happens. So I want to say like this: every single time that we turn our minds away from self-negative thoughts we become more beautiful to ourselves and we can't even understand how it happens but it happens but it happens and it's so important second line in the bottom paragraph when I go through this world and I do act like this saying don't think that when you're able to do these holy things with your mind, that you're just doing good things for yourself. You're doing a lot more than you realize. A lot more than you realize in, in upper worlds. But what it's basically, what I think it basically means is that each and every one of us are comprised from worlds upon worlds upon worlds. And we're all part of this chevel, we're all tugging on a rope. 
And even if we're down here on the rope, if I tug on the rope down here and I shake it a little bit down here, Bikdusha, that shake keeps on shaking up, 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 up. And anyone that's part of my rope, all other neshamas that have something to do with me, which is basically all of us, if I shake it from below a little bit, everyone gets shake shaken in a good way. So it's not just you and your own Dalit Amot that become purified. You're affecting worlds upon worlds. Each one of us is basically the whole world. And the world was created for each of us. And now not to make us feel too bad and have too much pressure on us, but he kind of ends off by telling us, I told you all the good stuff, right? But remember also that when you tug that, that chevel with impurity, it also shakes the world in ways that you don't want it to do. You know, what he's doing over here is this, he's making man and woman, he's making humanity realize, understand, grasp, and inhale the concept of how, how important we really are. How much the actions we do and the thoughts we have really do affect everyone, everything, and the whole world. And that's why he says, please, you know, you got to make sure, chas v'sholem, that you don't tug on that on that chevel in the wrong way. Second to bottom line, Gotta guard your actions, your speech, your mind. And then you do a tikkun in all of creation. In the all of creation. So tonight, in the brief few moments that we learned right now, how do we do? How do we now take this and march towards Rosh Hashanah? It's very, very, very simple. Catch yourselves, Chavra. Catch yourselves when you go to a place in your mind that you don't even remember that it's bad because it's just the way that you th- that, that we think you know that our 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 term of normal is. But have the guts to do what you think won't work. And for that, for this, this means, and again, we're not just speaking about the impure thoughts that we usually refer to in impurity, but rather all thoughts that, that basically, like the Alter Rebbe once said, holy thoughts, the more you think them, the more space you have to think. Impure thoughts, the more you have them, the less amount of space you have to think. It clutters the mind, it consumes the mind. So I give us a bracha that every single moment that we're able to do any of this, we become more beautiful in our own eyes. And Hashem should grant us with this privilege of getting a little sense and a taste of any kitrug, any prosecution that's sitting over us and being removed from on top of us. Don't wait, Rev Yaakov Meir Shechter says, once you detect your enemy from far, the thoughts that are starting to creep up don't wait till they're right in front of you or right inside of you. Run away right away. Don't try to wage war. You know, there's certain people, there's certain sweet chevre, but they're mamish, such helega apikorsim. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, that you know already, you know 
that the moment you start to debate or argue with them, you are definitely going to get mad, angry, and maybe you'll stop liking the person that you're talking to. You see it from far, don't engage. Make sure the conversation doesn't go there. But that is all external. We're talking here more on an internal level, the internal enemy. Because really, this is, this is the milchama of all milchamas. You see, if we really believed that we had the power of controlling our thoughts and diverting thoughts that are so dangerous on a, on a virus level, if we could divert it to a place that would take us to a place we would want to be in, we would want to do it more and more and more and more. So tonight was just one Eitzah. And I think uh, I would love to hear from you guys during the week to see how, you know, how this was for you, how this works for you. And I hope, Bezrat Hashem Barach, that we get more time, and I'm already saying right now, tomorrow we'll be learning from 8 to 8.45. I have to stop by 8.45. But tomorrow we're going to learn from 8 to 8.45 another shita of how to purify our thoughts so that by the time we come to Rosh Hashanah and we're there, no matter where we're davening, we could be anywhere in the world. We could be in the biggest shul. We could be in our living room. We could be in our garden. We can daven with 10 people, with 9 people, with 9,000. A person is, we are located where our thoughts are at. So we could already set for ourselves the best minion in the world to daven with if we take this avoda of purifying our thoughts just a little bit more serious. We'll end off with another nigun that could help us purify our thoughts. Um, I just saw my dear, dear friend, Ellie Kranzler, who I love and miss so much. He just played this Motzei Shabbos at his Slichos concert, which is usually a very big, jam-packed event people look forward to all year long. This time Ellie had to pre-record it, and there was about six, seven musicians sitting in a room, but all, everyone, you know, not on top of each other. And he sang one of my nigunim, and it touched me, it touched my heart so, so much. So I want to sing one of his nigunim that take me to an amazing, amazing place. If I let myself be in this nigun, my thoughts are okay. Shame, 
Love you all. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem.